Welcome to History for Weirdos. We are your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. What's going on, weirdos? It's your boy, Andrew. And I'm Stephanie. And welcome to the History for Weirdos podcast, episode number six. And we're sure it's six? And we are sure it's six. Okay, I trust you. Yes, absolutely. So before I think you need, before you start your episode, Uh I need to go on the record once again and state my (laughs) sources from the last episode I did. You guys, it's really important to us to say where we get our information from. Yes. Um, I think I've been guilty of, of forgetting or being lapsed as well, but Andrew, you're so bad I'm at so it. I'm so bad. I don't think I've done it once. I keep on being like, so... <laughs> the next episode always starts with... <sighs> yeah. I forgot to cite my source. You're just the king of plagiarism. The king of plagiarism. I'm like, yeah, I I just knew. This is all from my head. You came up with this. I came up with this. Yes. It didn't exist before I thought it in my brain. This is actually a scripted podcast, and Andrew's just writing all of this. (laughs) Exactly. None of this happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no. Oh, but tell us the really, because you got your information from like a really rare and oh yes, kind of obscure source it for is. the last episode on the two men that saved the world from nuclear war. Yes, um, in case you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm biased. No, go check it, it my out. Story. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, this obscure source. It's the locals call it Wikipedia. Oh, yes. or Wikipedia. Yeah, that sounds super. Um, Mysterious. Very mysterious, indeed. Almost like a sacred text, perhaps? Yes. Yeah. Very sacred text. <laughs> so you, you got most of this stuff from Wikipedia? Yeah, but in real, yeah, in reality, I just got it all, pretty much all of it from Wikipedia. It's a, it really is a wonderful source. I remember um, when you're like, I guess in middle school, especially, and mm-hmm. you're like writing papers for the first time, <laughs> yes. all the teachers are always like, don't use Wikipedia. It's not a reliable source, it's but true. we've based our entire adult lives on Wikipedia. So. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair assessment, mm-hmm. honestly. Every once in a while, throw a dollar to their donations that they yeah, ask for. I, we def- I did recently, actually. Yeah, so. I did as well, just because it keeps us going. It really does, and it was like, yeah, it's a few bucks. Like, Why not? Why not, man? <laughs> why, why not save not? humanity with my $1 donation? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Wales is pleased. Jimmy Whale? He's the creator of Wikipedia. I never knew that. Yes. Wow, that's so cool. A little history of Wikipedia there you on the History for Weirdos podcast. A little podcast. modern history. Yeah, there you go. Do you know how long it's been around? I don't. Okay. I, I don't know. Like, I'm guessing like 20 years, roughly, very roughly. Mm-hmm. Total guess, We really though. could Google it, and then I guess Wikipedia would tell us, but... Yeah, Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, dude, that's like Wikipedia-ception. Yes. Wikipedia on Wikipedia. Exactly. Oh, my but God. But his name is pretty cool. He sounds like he'd be um, like a drummer or something. Yeah, Jimmy Wales. Yeah. Like, I'm a drummer. Uh-huh. That's so funny. I never yeah, knew his name. Yeah, definitely a rock star name. I think you're right about that. Yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> so... Stephanie, tell everyone, I think you have a special episode. This might be our very first, like, semi-special. 
It's themed, at least. It's themed, okay, fair It's enough. themed because when you are all listening to it, mm-hmm. this is the week of Valentine's Day. <gasps> so, Yay! this episode um, is kind of about the origins mm-hmm. of Valentine's Day as we know it today. Wow, that's super interesting. Yeah. So... Thank you, I think should so. I Should I, like, dare ask a question, how far back does this go, or should I just let you tell the story? Um, no, that's a good question, because we're going to be going into, we'll be starting with, like, one of my favorite topics to talk about in history. Wait, let me guess. Uh-huh. Rome. Ancient Rome. Yeah! We go far back into ancient Rome. Um, but before we do that, before we okay. go way, way back to my favorite place, favorite time and place ever, um, I want to ask you. Okay. Andrew Scott Iverson. That is my name. Will you accept this rose? No. (laughs) (laughs) I've never even seen that show. (laughs) Um, No, I was going to ask you, what do you think of when you think of Valentine's Day? I do think of roses, red roses in particular. Yeah, that's true. Maybe pink, but it's definitely red for sure. Yeah. Because it's love. Yeah, that's like the love color. The love. I think of like chocolate. I think of like scented candles. I think of like a nice dinner. Yes. I think of... Maybe, like, a movie, but, like, that's kind of, like, that's not quite as important or, like, Valentine theme. Definitely hearts. Hearts are huge. Hearts. Mm-hmm. Especially the hearts with the chocolates inside. Yeah, that combines the, those two things. Absolutely. Red, a red box shaped like a heart with chocolates inside. Yes. Yeah. No, but, like, real hearts with chocolates inside. Like, human hearts. <laughs> For a second, I got really scared. I was like, where's this going? <laughs> and then I realized you were joking. I was. So. I was all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I was joking. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, I think that kind of encapsulates. Oh, I already said scented candles. Yeah, that's it. You, yeah, you really didn't like the scented candles. I do candles. love scented candles. Mm-hmm. We have one going right now, actually. It's very soothing. It smells like um, fresh linens. Oh. I highly recommend it. I think it's just like a Yankee candle, but really soothing. Really soothing. Uh, one thing that you didn't mention that I also think about is uh, cards. Oh, yeah, like Valentine's Day's cards. Yeah, absolutely. I guess for me, it's the memory of when you're little, when you're in elementary school, and everyone has to get everyone cards. Yeah. And everyone makes those little, like, paper bag things. Yes. Yeah. The cards with the candies. Mm -hmm. Oh, good times. Yeah, those are really good times. So I find it super interesting Mm -hmm. that everything you mentioned has to do with spending money. Commercialism. Exactly where I'm going with this. So, Valentine's Day, whether we love it or hate it, or love to hate it, it's, like, super commercialized. Absolutely. So commercialized, in fact, that according to the National Federation, I don't know What who, does that mean? I don't know who they are. That sounds, some, like, super oh, sithy. I missed a word in my notes. Oh. National Retail Federation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that changes everything. I was like, whoa, I don't know who they are, Definitely but they sound Definitely might scary. have a Sith Lord infiltrating their ranks, but... No. Absolutely. So the National Retail <laughs> Federation, if I can mm. learn to read my own notes... <laughs> that would be, That's a useful skill. It's <laughs> a super useful I skill. I can't even keep a straight face. <laughs> okay, so according to those those people, whoever they are... This year alone, 2020, okay. they have projected that folks will spend approximately $19.6 billion 
in the United States on Valentine's Day. Dude, are you serious? That's like, okay, so that's round that up. That's $20 billion. Mm-hmm. That is, I, I'm, I'm, you know what? It's kind of crazy, though. I was actually expecting it to be higher. I don't really? know why. Just because we just love spending money as a culture. And then that's also, so like, Valentine's Day is like, you're right. Like, it's a commercial, like, mm-hmm. day almost, it's right? It's so... So, like, it's just intrinsic in the holiday is, like, you celebrate by purchasing things. Exactly. Yeah, like, Hallmark is like, give me money. Mm-hmm. We give you this piece of paper that costs, like, $7. Yeah. Give us money. Yeah. They'll come in later in the story. But Ooh. I'm going to tell you. will see. Oh. A little yeah. spoiler alert. Yeah. So, super, um, my brain just <laughs> went blank. <laughs> it's okay. It's been so, a long week. Yeah. It really has. We're recording this on a, <laughs> on a Friday night. This That's, is our wild Friday we're night. We're getting turned. Is hanging out with you all, and you're not even here. So. Yes. I, but you know what? I love hanging out with you guys. You, you're great listeners. Yeah. That makes us a little sad, hanging out with people <laughs> that aren't here. But at least we have each other. That's true. Um, but what I was going to say is mm-hmm. that you were super spot on with the Hallmark and the, the commercialized thing. So I will get into that oh, later. Oh, okay, okay. For now, I want to jump into... The more ancient, pre-commercialized version Ooh. of Valentine's Day. And does Day. this lead us to the on the road to Rome? Yes. All oh. roads do, don't they? They do. So, let's start this mm-hmm. with a word that I think is going to mean something to you. The ancient Roman celebration that I'm going to be referred to okay. is called the Lupercalia. Does that sound familiar? <gasps> Wait a second. Like there's a pop culture reference. Yes, yes, wait, hold on. Wait, it's no, it's not Buffy. It's um Oh my god, it's the the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Exactly. Oh my god, they celebrate that yeah. in like season 2 or something. Yeah. Mhm. They sell and I think it's meant to be like around Valentine's Day in yes. the show as well. So um that's obviously much more of like a poppy version of the celebration but that's actually that's actually based in this very real um ancient ritual ancient tradition whoa yeah so i thought that like when i was doing my research i was like oh that's so funny that what feel like we just saw that in sabrina yes yeah we did yeah so besides sabrina (laughs) the lupercalia Mm -hmm. was an ancient pagan festival celebrated every february 13th through the 15th. Ah, uh, okay. So that's kind of, we land on the 14th right. um, for that reason and for another reason that I'll touch on later. Mm-hmm. And this was to purify the city from evil spirits as well as promote health and fertility. So while historians aren't certain of its origins, some believe it can be traced as far back as the 6th century BC. Wait a minute. So this isn't, th- this is not the Roman empire for sure. No, this is, I don't even think this is the Roman Republic. I think this is like the Roman kingdom. The this sixth is century. A, BC? Yeah. Like, so that's like the, I, oh, f- shoot. I think that's the five hundreds BC. I want to say. So that means that's definitely like, that's Roman kingdom. It's so, that's these, re- these, re- these roots, these roots, roots are really deep. So like Rome was like, it's kind of nothing at this point. That's crazy to think about. It is so that's like so long ago, so far removed from any reality we could imagine. That's like t- literally like twenty five hundred years ago. Yeah. Okay. That's wow. I didn't know Valentine's Day was that old, or you know, the precursor. Or whatever. The precursor is a better way of saying it. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what they think. 
but okay. no one actually knows for sure. It's too long ago. Yeah. <laughs> no one was keeping great records thinking that we'd be talking about it on our podcast, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, imagine telling those people, yeah, we're going to talk about it actually on our podcast. They'll be like... They'll be like, what? And they'll then, be like, okay. And then we'll be like, rate and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Um, so the name of this festival likely derives from the word lupus or wolf. Right. And one of the locations of the Lupercalia traditions mm-hmm. is in Rome's Lupercal Cave. And the birthplace of Rome. Kind of. Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it. I think maybe the Palatine would be considered a little bit more the birthplace of oh, Rome. yeah. But it's definitely, like, closely linked to that. And... Um, According to the city's origin story, which is what we're getting at, mm-hmm. that is that's the cave where baby Romulus and baby Remus would have been nursed by the she wolf that found and took care of them and raised them. Could you say there was like a she wolf in the closet? Yes. Okay, but it was really a cave. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I had to say that. Okay, let's move, lovely let's move on. Lovely Shakira reference, <laughs> yeah. my love. Thank you. Um, very relevant. So the legend of Romulus and Remus, for those Mm -hmm. that don't know, is really, really interesting. Um, And it's, as we've mentioned, it's essentially Rome's origin story Mm -hmm. about these twin brothers who are abandoned and raised by a she-wolf. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend looking it up. It's, It's really so interesting to see how it is still present in in Roman culture. Like when you go to Rome now, the image of these two babies being breastfed by a wolf is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, That's so weird, but cool. It's so weird, but cool. And so this cave, like I'm saying, um, they believe that's the exact cave where allegedly these two babies were breastfed by a wolf. Um, But getting back to this story, because we could really go on and on about the whole story of Romulus and Remus and and the alleged curse that it put on, on Rome forever, but... Bringing it back to the Lupercalia. Absolutely. What happened during it? And was it similar to our Valentine's Day, you ask, Andrew? Wait, so wait, Stephanie, was it similar (laughs) to our Valentine's Day? No. Oh, okay. Not really. The Lupercalia consisted of... Violence, ritual sacrifices, and as one article put it, Mm -hmm. the Lupercalia was, in quotes... Very sexually charged. So this sounds just like our Valentine's Day. It's almost identical. Okay. But let me get into some details. As I mentioned, the festival took place, or Mm -hmm. it began, in the Lupercal Cave, and it was kicked off by the sacrifice of at least one male goat. Aww. I know, and the male goat uh, was supposed to represent sexuality. I'm kind of at a loss for words there. That's so <laughs> weird. It's very weird. It's almost appropriate for this podcast history for weirdness. <laughs> it all comes back. It all comes yeah. back. But you know what I think is super interesting about that is what? when I read that, I, I at first put in my notes in parentheses like, why? But as I've kind of thought about it, um, as it's plagued the back of my mind, mm-hmm. it actually makes sense when we think of our Christian... Um, imagery of Satan, who, all, who typically has goat-like features. Yes. So I think maybe that might have to 
do with why we associate Satan with like hooves and things like that is mm-hmm. because of this very ancient connection yeah. or this linkage between the imagery of a goat and the and sexuality. And of course Christianity is super not down with sexuality. No, no, absolutely not. So I just thought that was really interesting. Wow, that was a really good observation. I would have never picked up on that. Well thank you. Yeah. Um and Andrew, you're really not gonna like this second part. Okay. So okay. It, Sorry, I, I'm already mad. I don't even know what's going on. So in addition to one male goat, they would no. also sacrifice a dog. Okay, I'm done. I hate Romans now. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's not nice. I can't defend them. <laughs> yeah. Dude, what the hell? Yeah. Don't kill a dog. Kill people. Don't kill dogs. Mm-hmm. That's our trademark. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> trademark pending. Yeah. <laughs> kill people. Don't kill dogs. No, please don't kill anyone. Yeah, don't. These, I was joking, guys. Please don't. I'm, <laughs> I'm moving on. You're moving on. From your outburst. <laughs> These sacrifices were performed by priests who oh were specifically dedicated to the Lupercalia. In fact, these priests were actually called Luperci. Um, or I don't know if that's pronounced Luperci or Luperci, but they were ordained in, like, all year they Ritual just prepared. sacrifice. Yes, my love. They were just preparing for the Lupercalia. So I want to read a direct quote from a History.com article that I read on what the priests did after these two sacrifices because mm-hmm. it's really weird. Oh. And I like it. Okay. In quotes. Afterwards, the foreheads of two naked Lupercai were smeared with the animal's blood using the bloody sacrificial knife. The blood was then removed with a piece of milk-soaked wool as the Luperci laughed. Okay, they were definitely on drugs. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, that, I mean, how could any sane person do that? Or drunk. Maybe really drunk. Yeah. But drugs. I don't know. I don't know, actually. That's, a, that's such a good question because... Like I've mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I'm, I really like ancient Roman history, and I actually haven't seen too much evidence to drug usage. I know it's it's usually just wine. Yeah, they love their wine. And that I don't was know it. if they experimented with like herbs and plants and different substances. Yeah, I mean, I know like marijuana has been around for thousands of years, Absolutely. but I don't know mm-hmm. if it was. It was in present I Rome. I don't, I don't think so. Plus, I don't think so. I don't think you would, like, kill anything it's while from high th- on weed. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I don't know. I think this is just, this was just a part of the culture, but I really, really enjoyed that description. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's an image that definitely stuck with that me. That is interesting. That's not something I would personally do. Okay. Um, yeah. To each their own. To each their own. So, after this lovely part... <laughs> Of the sacrifice and then people are naked, covered in blood, laughing. <laughs> there would be a feast. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm, because you've got to have some yummy food oh. after your animal sacrifices. Oh, that's right. okay. I'm still mad, but <laughs> food does sound good. The priests would take strips of the previously sacrificed animal hide and make it into a whip-like uh, instrument that they called a thong. Okay, Okay, So this what? is while, while everyone's eating and having a good time, um, they would, the priests are like busy using the <laughs> animal hide to make these what whips. The f- okay. So then after the feast is over, men would run to the Palatine Hill, 
which, as I mentioned, is another very significant landmark in Rome's origin story. Right. Um, it should be noted that the men would be naked or nearly naked. So, like, a loincloth, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. That's exactly what I pictured. <laughs> and the men would be running to the Palatine Hill, holding these whips, and they would whip any woman um, that they ran by, particularly if the woman were exposing her skin. So, I wish you all could see Andrew's face. So, what's even more interesting about that is is it sounds really aggressive and yes, and unwanted, right? Like no one want no woman wants to be. You're thinking like minding her own business, like going to the market or something, <laughs> yeah, and, and just be and like getting whipped with this fresh animal hide. But like I said, this was a major celebration to purify the entire city and to raise fertility, which was super important for survival back then, right? People right. really valued fertility. So actually women would intentionally go and wait in the path where they knew the men would be running up to the Palatine and they would expose parts of their skin waiting for men to whip them because they believed that this would make them more fertile. Oh, wow. This is, this is very um, not scientific, I believe. Also, it's important to note that everyone involved at this point is very drunk. Okay, Th- that actually makes a lot more sense now. Men, women, priests, like everyone drank a ton of wine during the feast mm-hmm. and then went to their designated jobs of being whipped or getting whipped. So did you, I don't know if you mentioned this, but like, mm-hmm. did you say it was during people were eating or after? After the feast. After the feast, okay, mm-hmm. that makes more sense. So like the feast is happening Priests are making the whips. Okay. Feast is over. Men grab the whips. Women go get ready to get whipped. Everyone's drunk. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That, I mean, the words sexually charged seem really appropriate here. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. So um, there was also a portion of the festivities referred to as the pairing. And in the pairing, the men would pick the name of a woman from a jar, and then they would be coupled together, mm-hmm. at least throughout the festival, and sometimes for an entire year until next year's festival. And if it was a good match, the couple would actually just get married. Wow. They're, that's just leaving it up to fate. Yeah. So, well, I guess you choose to get married. Like if I mean, I guess, yeah. If they felt like they were a good match. That's true. They would that's get married. Point. I just think it's really interesting to think about what coupling meant. Like, I wonder if it did mean having sex with the person who you were paired with. Right. Or if it just meant, like, just spending the whole festival with them. I actually probably could have researched that further. Um, so I apologize for that, but I think I just... It's it's, it's tw- just too weird. It's just strange, and I just assumed yeah. that meant they were sleeping together for the festival or for right. the year, and then maybe the year's up, and they're like, yeah, that was enough, and just let's each go on our way. Yes. Really, really interesting. Very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Weird, if you believe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very weird. They were a bunch of weirdos, for sure. Yes. Um, so, that's the ancient Roman aspect. Okay. The Lupercalia, the whipping, the goat's blood, the sacrifice. Very ancient. The pairing, all that really cool stuff. But then the Catholics come into play. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So officially Valentine's Day was created to celebrate the feast of the Christian martyr known as 
St. Valentine. St. Valentine, the homie. There are actually several legends about St. Valentine, Hmm. and it's not clear what the truth is, but generally, this is what the legend says. Mm -hmm. In Rome during the 3rd century AD, a man named Valentine was was set to be executed by Emperor Claudius II for performing secret marriage ceremonies for persecuted Christian couples in love. Wow, what an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what a dick. Yeah, seriously. Definitely execute this guy. Yeah, like, also, what was the rationale? These people were nuts back then. People are nuts now, babe. That's true. Fair enough. So, allegedly, before Valentine was executed, he was imprisoned, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you're waiting to be executed. And during his imprisonment, he tried to convert Emperor Claudius II to Christianity. Yeah, dude, what a... I mean, honestly, that's just going out in style. He's like, yeah, you know what? I know I'm going to die, but, Mm -hmm. like, let's just go out swinging. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he must have been thinking, I've got nothing to lose. Why not do this on my way out? Dude, what a homie. This very obviously outraged the emperor (laughs) who demanded that Valentine renounce his religion. And essentially he said, if you renounce your Christian faith right now, I'll let you walk away and live. Wow. But if you don't renounce it, your your execution's been moved up to today. And Valentine chose death, and he was subsequently beheaded. Oh, poor Valentine. Mm-hmm. That's just not chill. I know. That's definitely, I mean, that's literal faith right there. Like, yeah. he truly, truly believed in what he was doing. Um, what I find really interesting about this story is that historians have found that a few years apart from each other, mm-hmm. this same Emperor Claudius II actually sentenced two different men named Valentine to death on February 14th. Okay, what are the odds of that? So we're not even sure when we celebrate the Feast of St. Valentine which dude we're celebrating. Maybe it's just both of them. Maybe it's like, you know, like... But one of them, there's no way the story was exactly the same. Like, one of them was secretly marrying persecuted Christians. Oh, and and the other one could have just been... uh, Just my name is Valentine and I stole a loaf of bread or something, you know? Yeah, it's like, eh, it doesn't matter. It's just one of you. Isn't that so funny? (laughs) That's so interesting. Wow, like, same day, too. Yeah, what a spooky coincidence. Yeah, both named Valentine, same day, February 14th. Mm Mm-hmm. So despite all of this, like, weirdness and this mystery surrounding St. Valentine and his identity and, like, who he actually was. Right. The Catholic Church has still honored him as a martyr. Oh, And, nice. yeah, and as we do with martyrs, we have a feast for them. Um, so hence the Feast of St. Valentine. And because of the stories that Valentine was known for marrying the persecuted Christian couples, that's, mm-hmm. like, why we associate it with love. Right. Right, with, like, love and romance. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, and he became known as, like, the patron of lovers. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's kind of funny about that is that it was in the late 5th century A.D. that Pope Gelasius? Gelasius. Gelasius? What, is, what do He's you like think gla- that says? Glacier-y. Galasius? Gla- I, I like the Galatius. Galatius the first, right? Okay, that's his new name. Galatius. Pope Galatius I um, officially 
officially like declared like you guys can't do the lubricalia anymore romans because <laughs> they were so still funny. doing it oh my god and he was like this oh is- how the turntables <laughs> yes and he was like this is ridiculous so i'm just declaring february 14th the day that we celebrate valentine instead because that was that's a very common catholic church strategy is to not just take away sort of like an indigenous um or a native tradition, mm-hmm. not just to take it away, because then people are going to be super pissed because right, you took their party away, but to replace it with a Catholic one oh, so that man. people still feel like they're getting something. It's like, that, it's, that's a genius. Yeah, it typically works, and it usually, but the way it usually plays out is just that the culture is a little muddled of the two. Right, they're playing like the long con. Yeah. A really well-known example would be Dia de los Muertos in mm-hmm. Mexico and other parts of Latin America. Right. In the Catholic Church is actually seen as All Saints Day. Man, that's just... also, But, like, come on, Catholic Church, you can be better. Like, All Saints Day. Like, we can't really pick one. It's just all of them. <laughs> they were really trying to squash this, I, this yeah. Day of the Dead celebration, and <laughs> it did not work, so... Um, however... Oh, okay, so I should say that a mm-hmm. reason that the Pope wanted to get rid of the Lupercalia was because everyone was all, like, passionate and sexually charged, as we've stated. Oh, and you can't have that. Yeah, he was like, that's... That's ass- Satan stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, that's the goat thing. That's the goat. That's yeah, the not goat. the greatest of all time. <laughs> no. But, like, literal goat. <laughs> that's a literal goat. Um, so he was really disappointed when people were like, cool, Valentine's Day, we're still going to get really drunk and hook up with each other. <laughs> and nothing's changed like 1,500 plus years later. Yeah, because he was the patron of, saint of lovers, so it didn't really work. Um, so fun fact, mm-hmm. according to that History.com article, again, that I referenced before. Okay. Yeah, Valen- you're really good at signing your sources. You don't have to rub it in my face. <laughs> I'm just trying to make you a better person. Um, you can't. You're going to fail. <laughs> You're already awesome, baby. Aww. You just need to plagiarize a little bit less. Okay, okay. Valentine's Day continues to use some Lupercalian symbolism. Oh. Such as the color red, which represents those blood sacrifices that we talked about during the Lupercalia. Ugh. And the color white, which signified the milk that we mentioned that was used to wipe the blood clean. And... and the white milk represents new life and procreation as well. Mm. So a lot of times we see a lot of red and white on Valentine's Day, and that yeah. is why. So last but certainly not least, I'm okay. going to jump way ahead in history to talk a little bit more about the modern-day commercialization of Valentine's Ooh. Day that we started with. Did this start in the 19th or 20th century, do you think? I don't think. I know because I researched it. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? What do I think? Okay, okay, okay. I think maybe around the time, the turn of the century. So like going, like eight, no, no, sorry, 19th to 20th century. So like late 1800s, early 1900s. Wow, that's really good. I'll get to that. So, um, but before, sorry, a little bit before that. (laughs) Darn it. But you're very close. Okay. But just to put that into some context, um, to put the commercialization aspect into some context, it actually 
before we even get there, it got super popular in Western Europe and England specifically. Stella. Yeah, Stella just came over and shook. I'm like, okay, we're just, you know, recording a podcast, but okay, that's that's chill. I don't know if you guys could hear her just incessantly shaking in the background, and now yeah. she's giving us dirty looks because we're talking about it's her. It's like, you're the mascot. Like, don't you want us to have a good time? She said no. Yeah. So, <laughs> Shakespeare and Chaucer both wrote about the celebration of, of Valentine's Day okay. a lot, and that is really why we have this, like, big romanticized idea of it. And which one of these dudes was it? Shakespeare Chaucer. Yeah, but one of them... What contributing to popular... Hold on, babe, stop interrupting, and then I'll find out. Oh, okay, okay. Never mind, I didn't find out. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> One of them wrote about um, writing handwritten love letters on Valentine's Day. Okay. So then it became tradition to write people, to make a card for someone. Oh. And write them a nice, like, love note. So that dates back to, like, Shakespearean days, roughly. Mm-hmm. Or Chaucer days. I think, yeah. I, I don't know. Honestly, I should a know. long time ago. A long time ago. Long but time not ago. Rome long time ago. <laughs> like, less long time ago. It's still a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Why do we have a history podcast? We yeah, I know. Seriously. We do not sound professional at all. So then okay. that holiday and that tradition, like many things, was brought to the U.S. colonies, right? Mm-hmm. And people celebrated in the same way here. Again, with the colors of red and white and making these handmade cards. Then we had... The Industrial Revolution, which provided factories, as we know, in the 19th century. And in 1913, Hallmark cards of Kansas City, Missouri, began to mass-produce Valentine's. And it's been a downhill ride ever since (laughs) for Valentine's Day. Oh, so yeah. So around the the turn of the century, roughly. Yeah, so you were, sorry, you were super spot on. Literally, you were like, early 1900s? I was like... Very impressed. 1913 is when they first started mass producing Valentine's Day cards. You can't see it, guys, but I'm T-bowing right now. Yeah, I wish I couldn't see it also. (laughs) (laughs) So that is the really abridged version of the journey of Valentine's Day from goat sacrifices in the Lupercal Cave to Kansas City, Missouri. cards. Wow, so we just spanned like 2,500 years roughly and like the entire like northern hemisphere. Exactly, and I'm sure that, I mean in much more modern history, I'm sure there's so many different cultural and economic reasons that it's so commercialized today, but I found it really interesting that Hallmark really started it all. Like people say that, that it's just, oh, it's just like a made up Hallmark holiday. It's not a made up holiday, but Hallmark did an amazing job of capitalizing on it. They did what the Catholic church did with like, (laughs) yeah, with like, you know, native, um, or local traditions. traditions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. They caught on. Kind of, but instead of replacing it and saying, like, do this instead, they saw what people were already doing and they amplified it, I guess. And they're like, spend money on us. Yeah, and it's so much easier instead of hand-making your sweetheart a card to just buy one and sign your name to it. Just go to, like, this local supermarket and boom, it's like, they have them. Well, I don't think they used to have them in the supermarket back then. No, no, you're right, you're right. They would probably have them in the Hallmark stores. Yeah, wow. Yeah, or I don't know where else people used to buy post office or something. Yeah, they probably, 
they had a distribution network or something. That's, yes. That's boring. <laughs> yeah. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. What is interesting and something that um, I think all of our listeners should know is that you are the worst at giving cards. I'm terrible at cards. <laughs> I, You know what? Maybe part of me deep down is like, I don't, like, I'm just like, this is like commercialized and it is stupid. Like, I know, I know it shouldn't be, but like, but, but you it guys, is. Like, it could be a really joyous occasion or a little more somber or something. And Andrew just literally, if you get a card from Andrew, it just says Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) He does not add any, no, anything good to that card. It's rare. I give out cards ever. Yeah. I think you and I try to give each other Valentine's cards just to remember that when we're older as like kind of more of a way of marking time. Mm hmm. But I I agree. I'm not super into giving cards as well. Yeah. But I do like getting them. So I will say that for all the people that are really good at giving cards. Like, good job. It's It's it's, impressive. It's super sweet and lovely, especially when you get one in the mail for someone. That's true. Yeah, for someone to think of you. I always, I do appreciate, like, getting cards from my grandparents. Yeah, your grandparents give good cards. Yeah. So, again, because... I'm not Andrew. I am going to cite my sources. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just getting like roasted here. <laughs> we should just name this episode the roasting of. I know. Andrew. Okay, I swear. The next episode I do, I'm citing my sources. <laughs> well, the first one is from the Smithsonian. <laughs> oh, Smith- how the turntables again! <laughs> Please edit that out. It's, nope, uh, not happening. Smithsonian. There we go. There we go. Magazine. Okay. Um, as well as NPR, uh, this really cool article called The Dark Origins of Valentine's Day, and a the History.com article called Lupercalia in Ancient Rome. Wow, okay. You actually had, like, you didn't just do Wikipedia <laughs> like me. I'm just so lazy sometimes, I guess. No, Boom. that's fine. Wikipedia is, like, a really good place to start, and then that from there is usually where I, like, get the deeper sources. Yeah. But that is... The origins, more or less, of Valentine's Day. Wow, I learned so much. I had no idea about any of this. This I'm is so incredible. Glad. Yeah, I didn't know about like most of those things either, and I, I love anything I that mean, brings us back to ancient, ancient Rome. Rome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like or like who would have thought? Like you said, like the Roman Kingdom. Yeah, way, way, way back. Like that's like the beginning. Like the first. There's only like seven rulers in the, in yes. the Roman Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like crazy. Yeah, I definitely expect that we'll do more really fun ancient Roman stories because there's just some really weird stuff in there. It's, yeah, I know it's like Rome is like overdone, but like there are some things that like people don't even talk about because there's so, so much to talk about. And there's so much weird stuff. Yeah. Oh, God, they were so weird. Mm-hmm. Perverts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. I don't think they have it anymore, but I don't know. I didn't see it the last time we went, but the Getty Villa, which is this amazing museum here in los angeles that is designed um like a roman villa yeah it's amazing and houses a lot of really beautiful ancient art from all over the world like persia persian art um greek art of course roman as roman as well etruscan Etruscan art really cool they had they used to have like a little library room but i haven't seen it recently and in there they had these really cool books and the I walk in and there's like one out on the table, like a little kid's looking at it. And then he just like was like walks away. So I go to see what he was looking at. And it's just called Sex in Ancient Rome. Oh my God. <laughs> How old is this kid? This kid must have been like eight years old. Oh my God. That's amazing. And I just open up like the page that it was open to was 
um, like a like a pot or something with an image of a man having sex with a goat on the side. Oh my god! Oh, this poor child. Yeah, Mind I'm sure corrupted. the little kid probably just opened it and then just ran away and, and like hid. Has and nightmares cried. until today. <laughs> you know what's interesting? Mm-hmm. I actually, I, I don't know if I'm like I'm just making this up in my head or not, mm-hmm. but like I'm pretty sure I saw. The bronze statue of the loop, the lupus or the lupa, mm-hmm. um, feeding like the the twins, the twins, yeah, mm-hmm. Romulus and Remus. Where it, and the and the um, the villa. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's so many. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw it there. Of course, I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, beautiful in person. I know it's really cool. Yeah, really, really cool. So I just got an idea. Oh, okay. And tell me if you think it's dumb. If it's dumb, we can edit it out. But. Nope, not editing. <laughs> you just don't want to edit. Nope. <laughs> we should end this episode with uh, a personal history story on Ooh. Valentine's Day. Okay. Like if you have a favorite or a least favorite or a silly Valentine's memory that we that you feel comfortable sharing with people. Ooh. You can do one, I can do one. Okay, you go first. Okay, mine I will I'm a team player because the first one that comes to mind is super embarrassing. Yeah, and yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a deep dive into Stephanie Serrati's personal history. <laughs> so weird to say your own name. Um, so when I was in like eighth grade, maybe eighth grade. Okay, okay. My friend and I, and I will not name her in order to protect the innocent, because she did not sign up for this. For this exposure but she was sleeping over at my place i think and and (laughs) it was so she was sleeping over at my place and it was really common Mm -hmm. back then to in our school at least to send people like gifts for valentine's day like little like tele like candy grams or to buy your friends or like the girl that you liked like a flower or something and it gets sent to their classroom but we we knew, we knew who we were, and we knew no boy was sending us anything. Oh! So we went to Rite Aid and we bought ourselves like teddy bears, like no. and chocolates, and then we gave them to my mom, and we confused the heck out of my mom as to why she needed to take them to the office the next day, which was Valentine's Day. And tell them to deliver it to our homeroom. Oh. So that everyone would see that we got Valentine's. That is so amazing. It's the most embarrassing eighth grade, like, girl move. But we did it. And almost as more embarrassing for our classmates, it totally worked. Everyone was like, oh my god, like, who sent you guys those pairs? That's actually kind of a genius. Yeah, everyone was, like, super jealous, and we were just, like, eating our candy all smug. Whatever. Like, whatever. We totally just sent these to ourselves. Because no one loves us. Well, I love you. So that is my super embarrassing... That's... But I wanted to end it on something funny. That's, That's not too bad. Do you have a favorite Valentine's story? You know what? I'm trying to think of one, and I don't have anything that good, so... <laughs> what could be as good as me humiliating myself <laughs> yeah, on our podcast? Yeah, definitely don't. I, I just remember mm-hmm. one time, I think I, this was like, man, this must have been like 
first grade or like kindergarten or something and I had I definitely had like a little crush on like one of my schoolmates yeah and I remember so sweet she didn't get me a valentine and I was like crushed oh really bitch (laughs) (laughs) true (laughs) she's a first grader I know but that is so heartbreaking it was it was didn't you in your class, didn't you have to give everyone one? That's what I thought. And I still got <laughs> screwed over. She was like, I really don't want this guy to think I'm into him. I know, seriously. Jeez. I oh, know, like, well, I appreciate- Andrew circa, like, 1998 or whatever was, like, heartbroken. I appreciate you also sharing an embarrassing That's one. That's super then. embarrassing. I know. Again, we might just edit all of this out. Nope. <laughs> I, our listeners need to know the truth. The truth about what losers we are. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up this episode on Valentine's well, Day. Well, thank you so much for telling us the story. Yeah, thank you to all the weirdos out there listening. Please, 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 please um, rate and subscribe if you have not already. We know that we have like really awesome friends and family that have already done so, but the reason that we're super annoying and ask you guys is because it helps other people find our podcast. Mm-hmm. So people that don't know us, when they search it, it'll come up more easily if you leave um, some sort of rating or review and you subscribe to it. And you can also follow us on the interwebs where? The interwebs. You mm-hmm. can find us on Instagram at History for Weirdos. You can also find us on Twitter, again, History for Weirdos, and TikTok, which is history underscore for underscore weirdos. And you can also find our website, historyforweirdos.com. And you can send us an email, um, historyforweirdos at gmail.com, correct? That's correct. If you have a really cool, or even just moderately cool or kind of meh, weird history (laughs) story that you would like for us to cover, just like a suggestion, please let us know because we're always looking for more stories. Yeah. Or if you have any comments or... You want to call Andrew out on the fact that he didn't cite his sources, whatever. Do it. Please email us. We I deserve the pain. <laughs> we look forward to hearing from you. So thank you again so much for listening. Absolutely. And I think for now, goodbye, weirdos. Goodbye, weirdos. 